Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Should AEW strap the rocket to Miro? This is the uh, WrestleTalk magazine show. I am uh, Adam Blompier, replacing the unfortunately fired uh, Luke Owen. But I am joined as ever by the wonderful Denise, the Hammer Salcedo. Welcome, welcome to the show, Denise. I am so excited to be doing this. Is our first podcast together. This is this is this is the first the first ever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I dressed up all kind of fancy for you. I've been using this amazing hair tonic. My um, my Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, put me onto this amazing formula that you can use. I don't know if you saw Quizlemania, but I had to shave my eyebrows and my hair. But uh, I, I got onto Kurt Angle and he gave me this amazing tonic and it just grew back. It's all back. You know what? You look wonderful. I love it. This is my new favorite look. I think it should be the trend of 2020. This is the look right Thank here. You. You're seeing it. I, I got I, inspiration from the Taylor Swift Trouble video. <laughs> you got the blonde locks, the blonde waves. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just do some dancing in the desert. I think I'm all set. Just need to add some pink guys, Like starting bar fights. I think, I think we've got a future together. Yes, I see it. I definitely see it. You know what? Honestly, your hair is looking a lot better than mine today, and I don't know how good I feel about that. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, step your game up. Uh, what, yeah. what happened to the blue, Denise? I miss the uh, I miss the blue bits. I removed it. I was done with it. It was my quarantine personality. I'm bored. Let me dye my hair. I regret it. Some people made banana bread. Some people, you know, did whatever else they did. I dyed my hair and it was a disaster. So. Absolutely uh, fair. Not, not, I'm not agreeing with you, Denise. You do whatever you want with your hair. We're all doing whatever we want 
with our hair. So the main topic that we're going to discuss uh, this week is obviously uh, Miro. You lied to us. You're not retired, you son of a bitch. Uh, Miro debuted in AEW this week, which is all anyone is talking about. Uh, from his uh, his ex Rusev Day partner Matt Reholtz, uh, Re Matt Rewalt, saying, "I'm proud and happy for my friend. Go kill it, buddy." To CJ Lana Perry, simply saying, uh, "Shook." Uh, on Twitter, everyone has responded uh, very positively. Uh, according to Pro Wrestling Sheet, Miro has indeed signed with AEW. He is all elite, as he said in his promo. Uh, we're told his deal lasts for over a year. Uh, AEW confirmed this. Um, and yes, he, he informed WWE or another wrestling company that they could stick their brass ring up their ass. Uh, however... One of the things that has given some people pause in the otherwise jubilant news that we're getting to see Miro uh, again is that he has stepped into uh, a comedy uh, wedding uh, angle, and obviously a lot of people like it's almost it's almost uh, you know the ex Rusev's gimmick that he deserves more. That's sort of his like stock in trade at this point. So naturally, people are just a little bit kind of. Mm, I think a lot of people were hoping that whenever Rusev did materialize, I think people were kind of thinking impact because he could sort of just go straight to the top of impact, you know, but he didn't turn up at Slammiversary. Uh, how do you feel currently about sort of like Rusev's debut, uh, Miro's debut, I should say, uh, and his current like position in AEW? So it's interesting because I, I was... I knew that he wasn't done with wrestling. That was the first thing. You know, usually when guys say like, oh, I'm retired or I'm done or I don't want to talk about that, whatever it is that they're saying, you just know that they're working up something, they're cooking up something. But when it came down to it, I was just one of those people that was expecting to see him on Impact Wrestling. I mean, obviously I knew that AEW was a possibility, but I thought, okay, maybe I just see it more, see him going more towards the direction of Impact because obviously he would be a major focal point on that, on that brand. So with that being said, I, you know what? I love the idea of him being an AEW. I think there's so many different matchups that you can do with him. However, even though I was surprised to see him on Dynamite this weekend, I was even more surprised by the fact of how he was brought in. So I am that person that thinks, you know what? i I feel he could have made a bigger, a bigger, you know, a reveal, a bigger debut against somebody that isn't necessarily because, you know, Kip Sabian isn't isn't someone that is necessarily showcased each and every single week on AEW Dynamite. He's not even a major focal point. So for him to be introduced into that storyline was a little bit unexpected. And honestly, I thought that his that his debut should have been, um, you know, against somebody else, somebody that's a main event guy, bring him into that picture. And it just didn't really feel like it had that big, uh, that big impactful debut. And yeah, it was cool. The promo that he caught that he did was cool as well. He came in with a lot of aggression, but it just sort of seemed like the the aggression was a little bit uh, disconnected from the storyline that he was in. Uh, but you know, it's just the first thing that he's doing. So I am interested in seeing where they're going to go with him afterwards. Like I said, there's so much that they can do with him, but I do agree with the people that think that this wasn't necessarily the best or most impactful way to debut him on the roster. Mm. I mean, obviously all out just happened. We had the casino battle Royal to, you know, crown the first person to go up for um, the AW title, which is won by Lance Archer. So he's definitely like kind of at least, 
second in line there. Um, that obviously, I think a lot of people would have thought if Miro is going to debut. I think it's just like, yeah, genuinely, like I think the the analogy is more appropriate than ever before. Always the bridesmaid and never the bride. Like yes. um, in WWE, his time was kind of yeah, it, it was signified by just like this guy should be doing more look at what he does look how over he's gotten himself uh you know like we we actually we're not chanting rusev day to uh to kind of annoy him vince mcmahon the the most baffling uh thing i've learned about vince is he thought that Rus the rusev day chants were people making fun of rusev which which blows my beautifully hair covered uh, <laughs> mind um so yeah i mean i, I think it's possible like aw I think it's possible that there's maybe some tongue-in-cheek happening here that Miro is debuting in a wedding angle only to kind of maybe trash it and, like, say, I'm done with this. I'm absolutely not doing this kind of crap again. I'm here to kick ass. And then maybe after Lance Archer is done, he should be pushed to the top. But then that's, I think that's the kind of the only issue with AEW right now is it's sort of stacked. There are a lot of people who feel like it's their time. Like, I think um, a lot of people thought that way about Lance Archer not winning the TNT title. You know, I think there's, there's such a pressure on AEW to push, especially ex-WWE guys, that when they don't immediately, people get a little bit impatient. Like, I mean, obviously, Mr. Brody Lee is TNT champion. The Dark Order is one of the, the hottest things on AEW right now. But when he came in and lost to John Moxley, a lot of people were thinking, oh, that's it. Oh, oh, that's it. I think a lot of people have a, a lack of patience when it comes to ex-WWE guys because most of the time, ex-WWE guys are coming in with the whole I've been misused uh, momentum. And uh, I think no one kind of feels that more with like more keenness than than Miro. And he, obviously he comes in and immediately references WWE, which a lot of people can take or leave because, you know, it's, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a played out angle. But I, I, I get a real sense of impatience uh, around Miro, especially, and and I sort of do get it. Like I want to see, I want to see the man wrestle a match with stakes because I genuinely can't remember the last time he did. Exactly. I can't the last time he fought for something that was really, really important. And here's the thing, too, is that I remember, you know, in WWE where he came back, uh, I think it was after his injury or after he was gone for a bit, and he just came back and he was ripped, man. I mean, he looked so different. He, you know, he was always this husky guy, but this time he was, you know, he had some definition to him. So he really did like a full 180 reinvention of his look and his body and all of that. And I remember thinking, okay, nobody has this sort of aggression that he has in the ring and you know everybody was thinking that you know it, it, it kind of I think we got a little bit of a tease in WWE where it kind of felt like they were pushing him in a certain direction and uh but it just sort of just never actually connected so now with AEW I think the reason why people are putting such a high emphasis on people that are making former WWE wrestlers that are making their debut on imp uh, on AEW I think the reason why they're doing that is because there are certain guys that for Rusev for him specific, speaking of him specifically, he was one of those guys that when he was released by the company, a lot of people were like, what? Mm. What do you mean? 
it was a shocker. There were some other people that were released that necessarily didn't have that, wait, what moment? Like people didn't react that way. People saw, okay, well, you know what? I can see that person being released. But with Rusev, I don't really think we felt that way. I, I was completely shocked by the fact that he was released. So with guys like him, with guys that are are really, really have that, you know, that fan, not just, see, there's a thing though, is that a lot of people sometimes have buzz, but it's not, doesn't necessarily mean that they're great at what they do. They might have buzz for something different. And I think with Rusev, he had the buzz for this guy could literally be a star and he didn't get that opportunity in WWE. So I think because of that, his debut into AEW meant something more because people really had that authenticity. I can't even say that. (laughs) Authenticity. Oh my God. I can't say it right now. I'm having a, I'm having a tongue twister. The point is, he had what it took, and I think people really wanted to see. <laughs> people really wanted to see Rusev come in with a big bang. He's one of those guys that deserved the big bang. I think, if anything, I think his debut should have been something similar to to Matt Cordona's debut. I think something like that would have suited Miro a lot better. Yeah, I think uh, in terms like. I think you're absolutely right. It's just that the only problem is it seems to be a bit of a queue at the top of AEW. And at the moment, like, the because they, they've got some amazing kind of storylines going, like what, what they're doing with the tag scene of, it has been exceptional since day one, uh, which I think is, a, you know, a lot of people were hoping that, oh, maybe he'll turn up with the former Aiden English in tow and step into that electric tag scene. Um, but just like, I mean, do, do you think AEW should right now, this as of this moment, push Rusev uh, to the moon, as Cameron Grimes would say? Is there room at the top for Miro right now, in your yes. opinion? Yes, I honestly think so, because I know there's a lot of guys that are being pushed, but let's just face it, a lot of them aren't there yet. And I think that somebody like Miro is ready, has been ready. So I do think that they should do something with him. And and it shouldn't, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really do think that they kind of dropped the ball with his debut. And I get it. It's the irony of the wedding and all of that. I saw somebody write to me on Twitter saying that right away. But as a person that was, you know, you know I've seen, Every episode of Raw, I know the storyline. To be honest, the whole best man thing and the whole wedding thing didn't necessarily chime into my head that quick that, oh, the wedding thing, okay, this ties into WWE, blah, blah, blah. No, instead I was just kind of thinking, oh, I'm shocked that he's here, but I'm not necessarily as intrigued or as wowed by how he came into the company. I just really think he should have had something with more momentum. And yeah, it was a funny, the best man thing, but... You can't do that much with just funny. Mm, well, uh, I, 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 you know what it reminds me of a little bit? Um, it's, not the, it's not the same thing, but it does remind me a little bit of Bret Hart coming to WCW in like when he came over and like the first thing he was just like ah the special guest referee for Eric Bischoff versus Larry Zabisco. And it's just like Mm. Um, you know, it's like, oh, that, and, you know, the first thing they immediately did was reference the screw job at Starcade 97. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, there's a little bit of the, the shadow of the old place about him. Uh, and it's like, I, for me, I love the best man um, nickname. I think that's brilliant. Like, I am the best man. Like that is very, 
it's it's what's charming. It was what was charming about Rusev. It's like when he pronounced himself the TV champion after stealing a, a monitor. You know, that feels very kind of on the nose, blunt, but very good humoured. And so I like that. Um, I don't think it's going to keep him trapped in this wedding angle forever. I think it's probably just to give him that amazing nickname. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think in terms of like uh, amazing challenges for John Moxley, uh, I I think like when he when he debuted and you saw that amazing shot of him from behind um, and hearing that crowd response and just seeing how happy he was, isn't it nice to see him happy? Yeah, uh, I think yeah, try and capture the lightning in the bottle and i you know i'm not saying that you know you shouldn't be what you know tna used to be xww guy comes in immediately pushed to the main event and it's just an endless carousel um but he is a unique talent he is not your run-of-the-mill wwe guy he is someone who could have been a megastar and someone who deserves it and i think yeah the fans have waited years years for someone to take Miro seriously and I don't think they are willing to wait any longer yeah and here's the thing too is that I feel like there's a lot of guys right now on AEW that I don't think are necessarily getting the right push and one of the major ones for me is I have I do not like how they've been necessarily keeping not keeping in the shadows but not necessarily completing the full potential with people like uh, Santana and Ortiz and the Lucha Brothers I mean their work that they did in Impact was honestly like my favorite stuff on there and same thing with Kenny Omega and, and I talked about this exact stuff with Conan and that's the thing is that I feel that Kenny Omega I know a lot of people are, very, are still interested in everything that he's been doing because you know he's still a great worker but I don't necessarily think that he's that same star that he was when he was in New Japan right now in AEW and I think that they should have focused on you know building the company around him because he was one of those people that just had that star power and that momentum and I feel a lot of that has faded away and so I I don't want to see like that happen you know to a Miro because we're already seeing it happen with with the with uh with the Lucha Bros and Santana and Ortiz and like I know that everybody is big FTR fans and all of that I'm gonna get a lot of heat and all of this but I don't get the FTR hype I've said this it's my unpopular wrestling opinion I don't get the FTR hype I think that I think that Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz are on a whole other level. <laughs> and I think that they should be the ones that are being cons that are, you know, a main focus. They should be in a real legit awesome program because if they put on these, like they, they have such a great potential for an amazing tag team division. Like they have the best tag teams in wrestling. And I just think they could do so much more with the tag team division. That's my personal opinion. So in terms of like seeing how that's being handled, I'm not necessarily too crazy or maybe I don't have as much hope that we might be seeing the Miro, the Miro of our dreams, the Miro that we see <laughs> that can be the full potential of Miro. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit juvederm.com. That's j u v e d e r m.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly 3 years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Rolls Barred, presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies could only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious Apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro co exist as a tag team before they combust find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about no rolls bar is available wherever you get your podcast and only presented on the wrestle talk podcast network We're going to jump into your mailbag questions as ever if you'd like to submit mailbag questions for a future magazine show become a pledge hammer on our patreon patreon.com/wrestletalk and we will get to them uh, this is really uncomfortable i hate this so i'm actually going to take this off oh, i am i'm so oh my here. god i just oh. noticed the bob Ugh. You're free. You're free. free. I can breathe. So how how do I look, Denise? First I off. feel I feel like 
Okay, this is just so new to me. I feel like I'm opening up a gift for the first time. I'm unpacking it, okay? Like, you know when you're like thinking back for a second? (laughs) Honestly, you know what? It's not bad, all right? It's not bad. I think that you look amazing bald, and I would not look as amazing as you do bald, all right? Let's just, I wouldn't be on this podcast if I was bald. Look, just let's all take our wigs off and be free, Denise. You can finally be. <laughs> you were meant yeah, to be. I'm, I'm tired of of you know pretending I'm this brunette gal. Let's take it off. <laughs> no, right. I love it. You're Thank shining you. like a star. <laughs> Thank you. Your relentless uh, joy is a poison to me and my ri- and my ridiculous, horrible face. Genuinely, <laughs> like, yeah. I was saying before we started recording that uh, when my partner wakes up to my new look she flinches because uh, according to according to her i have way too much face without my eyebrows it looks like the <laughs> face is invading the rest of my head too much, face. too much I'm face that's my new favorite quote ever <laughs> too much face i'm sorry your nose and eyes and mouth are just getting in the way of it all too much. it's too much all right so the zonis says hi guys i'm enjoying your content very much as well you should uh i make sure to watch all your reviews uh saving the time and effort to watch it myself uh smiley face and i often wonder how uh star ratings work uh one show that you praise and praise and praise a show it's a five out of five next day you praise and praise and praise a show but it's still lacking something something that no one mentioned happening on the other show four out of five or a high three is it possible uh you set some standards criteria the give points or take points away uh, then these reviews slash star ratings were comparable uh, it would be of help uh, if i want to choose which show to watch from that week I'm not entirely sure uh what you mean there zonis but we'll try and interpret uh anyway i love your content have a good day i mean obviously um I don't I don't do any star ratings myself. I am filling in for um the once and future uh Lou Cohen. Although if you do want to support the man, do go to WrestleTalk merch and buy his lovely shirt. Oh, it's very cute. Um but do you ever do star ratings for fun though? Like just personal, like, oh, you're just like not even making them public. Cause I do that for fun, but I don't make them public. Well, that's the thing, is like I I never like I <laughs> so I, I like the I like the PR of a star rating. I like what star rating do, uh, does to generate hype because uh, like I was um, I was in sketch comedy for a while and one of the things that we would do every single year was go to this uh, festival in Scotland, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, where it's huge, like thousands and thousands of shows happening. And when you are there, um, you you hate you hate to admit it, but star ratings are the most important thing so much so that there was a, a magazine that um did its star rating slightly different they were just like well actually like we are a very highbrow uh, magazine so our three stars uh actually they're more like four uh, our four stars are more like five stars and like we don't give out five star reviews and everyone was just like go screw yourself because we need those stars to put on our flyers and our posters because that is all that's what we're doing to sell and i think that's the, the kind of a lot of people get kind of about Dave Meltzer's star ratings, but they're PR. That's what they are. Like, you know, he'll drop a six star rating in order to create 
a personality, an aura, a hype around a match that he believes people are required to see, like important wrestling. I'm not saying that his star ratings are always perfect. Like they anger a lot of people, you know. The reason I don't use them is because they've, they've, they've always, people always try and see behind the star rating to the person. They always try and get your agenda. Uh, you know, like they always try and say, oh, we're biased. Oh, but, it, you know, if this was happening in the Tokyo Dome, you know, like the, people really try and read too much into what is otherwise like it's just a mathematical way of demonstrating affection and excitement. And like a match that I, isn't five stars to me, I would rank five stars because it has a single moment which is like per perfection. Whereas, a, you know, to other people, a five-star match would be, there has to be no single botches. Every single thing has to be perfect. Otherwise it is not perfection. Um, I mean, like when you, when you rate for yourself, what is your criteria for a five-star match? First of all, what is, what is a Denise Salcedo five-star wrestling match? I want some examples. And okay. what makes them a five-star wrestling match? So, Here's like my thing. I like to make bets. So me and my fiance, we make bets. Like if I say like, oh, this match is going to be better than this match on any given card. And he'll be like, no, I think this match is going to be better. I go, okay, fine. Because we have very different wrestling tastes. So I, we always, the way to, we decide is, all right, however Meltzer rates it, that's how, that's who wins in terms of who chose the better match on the card. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, did you hear me? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just, oh, okay. I'm deciding, I, now that my wig is off, I can actually wear the proper headphones, which I should be <laughs> because I'm a professional broadcaster. <laughs> oh, no, I lost your audio. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> there you go. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. I was like, oh no, I can't hear you. I was reading your lips though a little bit, but yeah, I didn't make out any of that. Well, basically I'm wearing these uh, because it's the professional broadcaster thing to do. Also, you, you're wearing yours makes mm -hmm. me feel. Also it does, they do serve to make my head look even more like an egg. So that's <laughs> delightful. Um, so sorry, uh, Dave, Mel Dave Meltzer's booking your divorce. Yeah, th there you go. So basically what we do is like, all right, if he rates my match that I chose, that was going to be match of the night better than I technically win. But for like playing around when I like to rate my own matches personally, I, I do my rating very weird. Like I don't like wait till the whole match is over and then think four stars. I give the stars as they go. So I'll be like, okay, that, that earned a star. Okay, that earned another star. Okay, that's another star. You know what? I'm taking a star away. It's a half a star now. So oh, as wow. the match progresses, that's how I decide my match ratings. And I like to be very, I always like to say that I'm like, when I try to get a, you know, rate a match, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be really bougie about this match and you know not just any match gets my star like my star needs to be earned so i don't have like any real criteria i just go with a whim but uh denise like five star match would be like um i love you know a lot of creativity in a match so the more creative that I see things happen in the ring, the more I love it. And it's just like the little stuff, the stuff in between the moves and all of that is what really captivates me as well. 
yeah for me it's like um i know i'm watching a match that is bordering on four to five when i i don't check out twitter i'm a horrible yeah. compulsive twitter checker during wrestling just because yes. i love seeing like all the jokes coming in um for for me yeah it's, it's when i forget i'm watching a match when i forget i'm watching uh wrestling i guess when someone sucks me in to the point where it's just like i am running on pure emotion like for me a five-star match is something like roman reigns versus brock lesnar at wrestlemania 31 like i completely forgot like i because I, I, I was it was powered by so many things like obviously like i was that was at the hype of anti-roman hysteria um Everyone thought they were going to put the title on him. Brock got then busted open. Like he was destroying him. Suplex City. Like there was so much amazing stuff. And like it, like that near fall of Roman Reigns hitting the two spears and then Brock kicking out. Like genuinely, like I almost leapt out of my chair. Like any any, yes. any match that can do that to you. Like that yes. is, those are the matches that you rate highly and those are the ones that you remember. Um, oh yeah, like for me, it was Fighting Spirit Unleashed when they were in Long Beach. Oh God, I think maybe like a year or two years ago. And I think it was Will Ospreay, Marty Skrull. And holy moly, I just remember jumping out of my chair and like all my tweets were like fireworks and exclamation points. I was just like <laughs> losing my bananas there. And that's one of the matches where I was like immediately Five stars, six stars, seven stars, all the stars. Did you say losing your bananas? Yeah, losing. I I, <laughs> I, I messed up the saying. <laughs> I was hoping no one noticed. Thank you for pointing it out. See, that's the thing about me is that sometimes I say things that don't make any sense. <laughs> uh, but, you say, but you say it with such authenticity. Yes, I believe it. Okay, I was losing my bananas. <laughs> Going bananas is the correct term, but I couldn't think of it while I was saying it, and I had I was already so deep into saying it, I couldn't I couldn't backtrack on it. Losing my bananas, Mar marvelous. I <laughs> one of my favorite people, Denise. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you. Ro Robert Ray says, "Hey guys, so I stumbled across my five wrestling predictions I made on December eighteenth, two thousand nineteen. I'm pretty impressed that two have happened already. So his uh, five wrestling predictions were: one, someone unexpected will leave WWE or AEW; um, two, Bella Twins in the Hall of Fame; three, Dominic Mysterio will." hold a main roster title for a female wrestler in WWE will hold a men's title and five Usos to split as a tag team. Um, uh, he says, I think the Good Brothers getting released was a shock and the Bella Twins were supposed to be inducted, but COVID happened. Uh, so since it's over the halfway point of the year, I was wondering first, did Denise have any predictions she made and has any of your predictions you made at the start of the year come true? You know what? My original prediction, I, I don't make too many predictions, but one of them was that I honestly at one point thought that AEW was going to buy out Impact. I remember thinking like, uh. this is for sure happening. Like this was literally at the launch of AEW. I thought, okay, they're for sure going to buy them. And obviously that didn't end up happening. And But that was one of the predictions that I had and it, it didn't happen. Uh, any new predictions that I've had since then? I don't think I have any other ones. That was my major prediction. And mm, I, was I mean, wrong. like, I used to predict, um, especially for like what culture we also used to do, like the 10 predictions for the coming year, and they would always go hilariously wrong because they were all based on, oh, I really hope this wrestler I like has does a thing that I like. I really hope Cesaro is world champion by the end. No, it never happened. Um, but I, a, uh, WWE buying impact. It's always the one thing I've sort of think, is this the year? 
is this the year they they do it um so that's really interesting that you thought AEW was gonna mm. was gonna get the library because that would be a hell of a power move um for for me like i it, I didn't have any this year because I didn't think I'd be working in, in wrestling uh, this year. That was like not that wasn't even on my prediction. Um, but but here we are. Um, Wait, but, when did you join Wrestle Talk? February. So I, I of came, this year. I, yeah, yeah. I, what? That was this year. COVID has really <laughs> like wow. Paras- Parasite won the Best Picture Oscar this year. Like it's insane how much stuff like we forget happened in January and February because it is the before time, the long, long ago. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But no, I, I first appeared in a WrestleSort video in the Royal Rumble uh, fantasy booking back in January, um, and then they brought me on full time in February. Yeah. That is so awesome. I remember January, I had a Royal Rumble party at my house. And oh. it was such a sad day, though, because that was the day Kobe died. So it was like, oh, God, it was like every I had the most depressing Royal Rumble party. Everyone in my house was just like, <laughs> literally. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, woo. Yeah, yeah that's how it was. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but yes, uh, those. I, I, so I didn't have any predictions uh, for this year, but I will definitely be putting some together for next year. So tell you what, why don't, do you have a prediction for 2021 other than hopefully fans returning? Well, you know what? Since, uh, since the viewer asked, the mailbag question was about, being a a woman a woman in wwe being champion i think it's going to be charlotte so i'm going to go with that being one of my predictions and i'm sure i'm going to think of another one afterwards but i'm going to go with that one charlotte is going to win uh wwe either wwe title or something i'm going to go and my prediction will be that during the year of 2021 big e will win a world championship that is my that feels like the safest prediction to make i i sincerely hope that they're doing the kind of the long the long rise to the top with him um, it has been too long uh Dwayne the grom johnson says hey guys i'm gonna ask you guys another question relating to nxt following my question last week what would you guys say is your favorite era of nxt mine would have to be late 2017 2018 when mara and was on commentary and stars like johnny gargano Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black, Ricochet, and Adam Cole, baby, were the main stars. It's something about the way these guys were presented at the time, which made me a hardcore NXT fan. What would you say is your favorite era of NXT? Hashtag jam that jam. So I think for me, I was like, oh, I said the sorry. I was like, I, um, so when I went to WrestleMania, oh, I'm trying to think what number was it? San Francisco, Santa Clara. I remember going to the NXT take uh, NXT show. And I just remember all like the, the shows prior to that and everything leading up to that event were just so incredible. So I'm off on the year here, but that was kind of my favorite era. Was uh, that the year that um, it was, it wasn't like a televised show. Yeah, but that was- it was not. Yeah. It was not televised. And I think it was Sasha and Bailey. I think it was Sasha and Bailey. They had like an incredible match. I'm probably a little bit confused here, but I just remember like is where, being is that there. Where Kenta, is that where Kenta hit the GTS for the first time? I remember that show probably probably i'm a little bit off but that was kind of like the era though of where i just remember thinking wow this is the 
best thing that is happening right now in WWE, in wrestling. I just remember thinking, I haven't seen this much passion coming out of wrestling fans in such a long time. And so because of those memories, I think that's more of where I land in terms of my favorite of my favorite eras. If yeah, I mean, era. for me, I think it's... I think it is like the hour long on, um, I can't even remember what channel NXT used to be on. We just used to like, kind of just like get it through illegal means. Um, but when it was <laughs> an hour long um, before, it, like, generally, yeah, I think 2014 into 2015 for okay. me, like Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens for me was like the high point. Uh, like that going from, Cesaro versus Sami Zayn mm -hmm. up to Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. So the Sami Zayn era. Yes, yes. Because that, that was when it felt like properly, authentically a developmental brand. Like there felt like much anything more of a kind of delineated hierarchy. And you every single division had like these rising stars that were not already established, but you could just, they were cooking. Like the, you know, that was when the four horsewomen were kind of like, oh my God, what, what is, what is happening? I, I, you know, I didn't, it was so nice to be, to feel your fandom growing with these stars. Um, that, that was so, that was such a rich feeling. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong, Gargano and Champa, like they did sort of have that journey with a lot of the fans. Like Adam Cole came in and was, and was just Adam Cole. Like everyone right. was excited to, hit, to see him. Um, but Gargano and Champa did grow. So like, I could, I could sort of see that. It's just like, and, and then that is definitely my second favorite era of NXT. But for me, there's just something, and maybe it's the rose-tinted glasses of nostalgia, but there's something about the the sheer wonder and the emotion of Sami Zayn rising to the top of NXT, immediately being stabbed in the back by his friend, being brutalized. Uh, and then you have like Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and it just cresting yes. with that. Nakamura it was like this, all those guys that you were great and the Indies are great in other companies and you're like, oh, if only they were ever in WWE. And then they got there and then they were going out and they were doing like these, you know, awesome matches. And I, I was there. I Yeah, I was there when Nakamura Nakamura debuted. And I remember everyone like losing their losing their bananas. Losing their bananas. Get, it, <laughs> exactly. get it on a T-shirt. Everything belongs on a T-shirt. <laughs> and I just I remember that like electricity and it was really cool. And that was also during the time when it was like really hard to get the takeover tickets too i remember it was like oh they were going for you got you got like a basic you know face value ticket and the next thing you know it's going on for like hundreds and hundreds of dollars on like the black market and stuff like that yeah i was super pissed that uh, so we were in dallas but we weren't at that takeover because... that was the one that that nakamura debuted in right yeah that's right so we were there we were there to cover wrestlemania 32 and like my bosses at what culture they bought as all like flights and tickets to WrestleMania 32, but they didn't get us tickets to take over. And I was such an entitled little bastard. I was like, well, I want to go to take over. And they were just like, well, we'll see. It's like, look, we couldn't get them on the first run through. We got your tickets to WrestleMania, though. Be happy about that. And it's like, WrestleMania 32 isn't going to be as good as TakeOver. And it wasn't. <laughs> I was right about that. Um, and they're like, wow. okay, we'll, we'll see how much they go for, like, you know, and, you know, secondhand, like, scalp tickets. And they were through through the roof. And, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, we couldn't go to the show. And I'm sort of exaggerating how much I threw a paddy. But I was, <laughs> I, I, it was one of my big regrets is that I didn't get to see American Alpha 
win the NXT Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get to see uh, Zayn Nakamura live because, oof, to, to have been in that building. You know, that's really sad. You know, you got a full all-expense-paid trip to WrestleMania. Oh, all right, Denise. And all that's right. never happened to me. You know, I've had to pay for every plane ticket, every hotel. <laughs> I recently started getting free. You know, it's funny because I get the press tickets for WrestleMania, but I still buy my actual tickets, too, so that I can, you know, sit in the, in the you know, with the crowd and everybody. And Because it's a different vibe when you're, you know, in the press area and then you're down with the audience. So I do half the show in the press area. And then the other half, I do you're, it. You're you know. a woman of the people. You have to, you have to be around your public. You have to- exactly. I got to greet the people, wave, whatever. But um, but yeah. So I'm very upset that you had to. You complained, and I've been paying here. <laughs> no, I didn't really complain that, but but no, no. I I was uh, yes. I was a very very lucky, very very lucky boy. Although not lucky <laughs> enough to uh, to have witnessed those matches live. But yeah, those are our favorite eras of NXT. Let us know in the comments below the video what your favorite era was. Chris Duncan says, hi guys. Now that AOP have been released by WWE, where do you see them going to next? Impact or New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh, I'd love to see them in New Japan. Oh, oh yeah. I'd love to see them in New Japan. Yes, I mean, I can't even, the dream matches, like just throw them in there. I mean, Come on, AOPGOD like, is just like immediately. I just like I I want I want it. I'd love to see them versus Show and Yo. I oh my god, there's so yeah, there's loads. I'd love to see. It's so weird. Like what happened though with them? I just remember them having so much hype, and then you know, it just didn't go the way people might have assumed. But Injuries, I just don't know what man. happened. In- and inju- we need tag teams too. We have like no tag teams. We need tag teams. Please. Um, it's, I, yeah, like, I, the wheels came off when for some reason they let go of Paul Ellering. I don't know why they did. It's still not as a, a kind of a situation I completely understand. Then Drake Maverick became a part. Then Drake Maverick started pissing everywhere. Uh, and then one person got injured. Then the other person got injured. So there was a little bit of that kind of one injury leading into another. The thing that kind of took the legs out from underneath the revival. But now I like it, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, right? Because AEW is the mecca of tag team wrestling right now. Um, and but like I it's true. I, I, of all the places I want them to be. Ooh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Them going to uh, AEW and renewing their rivalry with FTR would be incredible. Like that triple threat match with FTR, DIY and AOP. At, I think it was TakeOver Orlando was just sensational. So I think, they, you know, they would definitely fit in because I think they are a tag team that are offering something that not a lot of other places are offering right now. Generally, the only tag team I could think of with two incredibly huge, like, bruiser dudes are yeah either like gorillas of destiny or um I viking, mean, raiders. Yeah. Yeah, viking raiders but like one of those yeah. guys injured now so i think it's ivar is injured um yeah oh, i want to now that i wasn't even thinking you japan until you said it but now i really really want that have them go over and mix it up with the proper version of the good brothers yes uh, japan Yes. And I mean, if I knew for a fact that, I mean, I think obviously, you know, them going to AEW would be cool too, but there's just so many people right now that they haven't had time to necessarily highlight them. So I don't know if they would necessarily have that focus that they would want. Um, But well, I guess we'll see. But yeah, I definitely think New Japan or Impact. 
Yeah, I mean, oh, it, like them versus the North would be incredible. Them versus Motor City Machine Guns. Like, there is a lot of like really great matches. And I think it's like, one of those things like it, once they, because they sort of left WWE, like you said, with a lot of these guys, like, huh? What? Like, you, you think like, well, I, I get that, you know, you, they've had a lot of injury time, but like, that's a team that you, that's a team that we're not seeing in a lot of other places. They're so talented. I can't believe you haven't done anything with them yet um it's sort of like i oh i thought you would just hang on to those guys forever um but like they are they they have so much upside so go to other places build up your star power to the point where you're you know you have that kind of hype behind you then maybe aew is where you kind of settle long term do you remember they were doing those like vignettes, those promos where they were like very serious guys and they had the black screen and they're in their suits and they're, you know, saying we want to fight, we want to kill people. I was loving that. Mm. I was so, I thought that was cool. I thought they were coming out, coming across as badasses and, you know, it all just went downhill. I think they would have been like, if, you know, had fate not turned out the way it had, I think they would have been really good parts of um, Seth Rollins' Messiah stable. Like they oh, were yeah. for a while and I thought they would have been, a. I think they, they probably would have been the tag champs of that stable. But tis the way of the world. Um, Al uh, or AI, I think it's Al saying, hey, are we seeing the formation of a new Heyman stable? You've already got Roman and potentially Jay. Add Jimmy on his return along with Naomi. And that's a half-decent stable. They could hold almost all the SmackDown gold. Or am I fantasy booking crazy? How do you like the, the sounds of a Heyman stable, a new Heyman uh, family? Well, we've always, you know, everybody knows that I'm a Paul Heyman guy or he's a Paul Heyman guy. So maybe bring that into, you know, a stable and kind of play with that idea. But... I don't know if they would necessarily do that just because I almost feel like the whole stable thing is already being done with the Hurt business. I don't know if they would want to do another stable, but I just, I love what Paul Heyman is doing right now with Roman Reigns and vice versa because they just complement each other so well. It's that pairing that you didn't know would be so good. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I, uh, as much as like the idea of a bloodline based stable is exciting, uh, I feel like this is Roman's time. Um, and I I don't want to dilute the work he's doing with Heyman. Like, that, that's the thing is like, you, like Brock wouldn't have been a bigger star if there was a Brock-led yes. uh, Heyman stable. I think uh, the stuff with, with Jey Uso, uh, I think the, the way to go there, like the best impact you're going to get, uh, which I've said before, is if Heyman kills his family, like that... That is such, like, that is such, got such dramatic potential for him to brutalize Jay Uso, someone who was, pre, you know, previously, like, you know, part of his, part of his family, part of, you know, an original stable, the bloodline, um, to, to have that fall apart and have him leave Jay Uso bloody and battered. Like, that is like, that is the cherry on top of the, the cake. That is when we see just how bad this dog can get. And, and I, I think, really want to see it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think they're going to go towards that because even the interactions that he had with him, uh, you can kind of see that Roman was a little bit like put off. He wasn't necessarily like the, hey, buddy, buddy, you know? So I think, I think, it, I think this is a definitely a good idea to just really solidify even more so Roman as this, you know, bad guy heel. 
Yeah, completely agree. Uh, uh, although, like, you know, obviously, Heyman is uh, superlative at leading stables, if anyone uh, has ever seen his WCW work. But I think this is the time for a new uh, singular uh, star. Mm-hmm. Like, Ro- heel Roman is potentially the defining um, character of, like, this era of wrestling, if played right. I'm so... I, like, it, it, it's, it's almost kind of got me hyped for WWE by itself. Because uh, I was I was falling way off the wagon. Uh, Jordan Thomas says, "Hey guys, do you think the fact that a lot of the top guys in WWE have a similar look to them, like McIntyre, Rollins, Roman, maybe to a lesser extent Adam Cole and AJ Styles, uh, somewhat hinders the company in in some way? Well, they've all got beards, I suppose. Uh, I recently saw a poster of a lot of top guys from Cena's era, and you had guys like Randy Orton, CM Punk." Edge, Batista, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio. And what stood out to me was how they were all unique and had their own distinctive styles from one another. And even though I didn't follow WWE back during that time, I was enamored by all the different characters and variety being showcased. I know looks aren't everything, but I do think variety and different styles play an important part in how an audience become attached to their favorite wrestler. I mean, that's interesting. Uh, I, I definitely feel like you have eras where there are more diverse characters like obviously the attitude era has a crazy amount like you know the game the rock uh steve austin you know the undertaker kane mankind these are all incredibly unique characters but i never thought about it in terms of like look and i guess there are a lot of beards uh (laughs) at, at the top um but i don't know if they necessarily all kind of bleed into what i know that everyone jokes about Drew McIntyre sort of being the Raichu to Seth Rollins' Pikachu. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I can see that. But at the same time, I mean, not everybody looks like Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman looks very different to me. Uh, Bray Wyatt, obviously very different. Uh, I think the only ones that I feel I would agree with that, maybe Seth and Drew. But even then, yeah, they're not completely, you know, very different. But they they still obviously have their differences, but it's not that fast. Um, I do think they can definitely use a lot more variety in terms of bringing in certain guys that you wouldn't necessarily see in that main event picture. Like you just mentioned earlier, Big E. We don't have anybody like him on there. He's he's doing something completely different and if even allotted more the opportunity to do so, he would be even more different. So I think having somebody like him would be awesome. I think that they need somebody like an Andrade to be part of that main title picture. I think having guys like that would definitely make it more, not just diverse, but more different with the characters and whatnot. So I agree to I agree with that. Uh, to some to some degree but not entirely yeah i think that's absolutely fair marcus campbell says how should have aew handled both the matt hardy situation both at the time and going forward in my opinion they should have called the match off called it a no contest and given matt a few weeks rest at home before thinking of bringing him back in any capacity I agree with you and i will also add to take responsibility i don't think aew has owned up to the to the I don't think they've owned up to the fact that I think it was Tony Khan who basically said I wrote this down because I knew I had a feeling where this was going to be brought up but basically I don't necessarily think that he owned up to the fact that yeah he was cleared by this doctor 
at that moment in that spot and they just continued on because anybody, I mean, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a professional, but everyone could see that that was not the right call to make. And so I think that they should owned up, owned up to to it and say, you know what? We made a mistake. We should have never let him continue. We should have just stopped it completely and you know nobody was going to get pissed if this match didn't go on because everybody knows that there's real dangers to what we're seeing in professional wrestling no one was going to get upset that you know matt hardy got a concussion and now this match is off like i think if anything the company should have just ended it and said you know what this is wrestling this is why not everyone does it there are real dangers to it and put an end to it have them be properly checked and that's it honestly and i think i would have had like much more respect for that instead of the oh well he said he was cleared so we continued on so i do think that they should have maybe owned up to a little bit more and then sort of bringing him out on dynamite to say, I'm fine, uh, sort of thing. Like, look, I'm still alive, sort of thing. Uh, uh, I agree. Uh, I, I think, uh, obviously, like, watching it, you just like, oh, all of the air going entirely out. It ruined the entire show after that, for me at least. Um, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's like, I can understand the pressure being like, oh, no, we've got the stipulation if we call the match off. Matt, does Matt have to? But it's just like it doesn't matter. It, it, like it, it, it's you have the opportunity here, uh, and I don't necessarily like looking at it in terms of opportunity because it was just a bad accident. But you have the opportunity to make yourself the change in the industry that you purport to be. Well you, said. You, AEW, you know whether we like to kind of frame it as in, in this kind of lens or not, are supposed to be better than wwe it's what their whole branding was built around like in the first we are the good place um and like yeah look you can make a mistake doctors can make a mistake adrenaline the pressure of a situation can lead you to make a mistake i get that what i I massively agree with you on is the fact that you earn a lot more of our respect and a lot more of our trust and probably a lot more of the trust of the locker room if you are completely transparent and you you are able to say as a corporate entity we messed up if you are able to say that which is something that wwe is not able to do uh if you are able to do that and just take yeah like you say take responsibility for like uh, we we made the wrong call in the moment. We apologize to our locker room. Um, we want to kind of reemphasize going forward that our you know our love is of wrestling and of the wrestlers who provide uh, the fans with that entertainment. Uh, we will endeavor to make sure that we are better going forward. People would not be anywhere near as as kind of pissed as they were. Instead, this is just seems like it it just seems like par for the course when it comes to corporate wrestling. And it's just like, oh, one little moment there where AEW reminds us of the other place. And <laughs> it, was a, it was a real shame to see it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you said it perfectly. They should have definitely taken the responsibility, even if they made the mistake. Say, you know what? We messed up. We made a mistake. We shouldn't have done that. We won't do that going forward because it was very scary to watch. And it took me out of the show. And I when it was all happening, 
I saw, like, I, when I saw everything go down, I knew it wasn't going to end well. I just didn't feel like there was enough space between the table and the, uh, the structure. I forget what you call it, the lift. And I just didn't think that there was enough space. I, I saw it from a mile away. I saw it coming. And then even afterwards, they kept the camera on him way too long. So I almost feel like if, you know, you, you see the camera, you keep going, you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing because you're not mentally there. And yeah. so I just felt like all of that, it just didn't land very well for me. No, absolutely agree. Uh, Nick Corvello says, Hi, Denise, and whichever WrestleTalk member replaces lukewarm Luke Owen after his firing this past Saturday. Hello. Uh, I hope you're all doing well and handling the firing of Luke Owen just fine. Uh, I'm still in shock about the WrestleTalk screw job, though I do say that Mr. Davis has been an excellent leader. Pick a side, Nick. Uh, I have a two-part question for you again. First part is for Denise. Uh, oh. Mm, you never shared your thoughts on the Thunder Rosa Hikaru Shida build to All Out or the match on the WrestleTalk podcast. I want to know your thoughts. I admit I had been jaded by Luke and Ollie and the match's build not being good enough for them. And they did miss the part in my huge super chat during the reaction live stream where I said that I agreed with them 100% throughout this time of the women's, with the women's, uh, their like interpretation of the women's division, with exception to this particular match and build. I felt for all the faults AEW has had with the division that their booking of Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta for All Out was awesome. I love the Twitter exchanges beforehand, Rosa's promo accepting the open challenge, the contract signing video that following week. Yes, Sheeta should have had a promo on two on Dynamite as a reaction. But other than that, I felt the feud was well done with all tools available. We have no idea how long it took for Khan and Corgan to work out a deal. For all we know, it was finalized shortly before the Thunder Rosa promo. Anyway. I'm sad that WrestleTalk essentially buried that angle as I felt it was executed well for all things considered. And I don't believe in burying everything the women's division does just out of habit and that the great things need to be pointed out. I felt a bit alone as the only wrestling talk, you, as the only WrestleTalk YouTuber I felt shared my excitement that I saw it was Alex Queen of the Ring. Uh, so that's why I want your thoughts on it. Denise. So we'll answer that question first before moving on to the second part. So first of all, I got to say that it was probably one of the best women's matches that I've seen on AEW. They were put in a Great. very unfortunate spot since it followed the Matt Hardy incident. And I think that Thunder Rosa has had a – like we've all been having a terrible 2020, but I think, I think Thunder Rosa can literally – like count her blessings because the amount of buzz that she has had since making this AEW appearance, I think has done so much, obviously not just for her, but for putting eyes on, on the women's division and also for, for, for Sheeta, because at the same time, she didn't really have anybody else to sort of, you know, hype her up and keep that momentum for her and keep her, you know, as a focus on the show. So I think that having her, uh, having an opponent like Thunder Rosa uh, and this build that they did for for this, I thought that it was tremendous, and I want to see more of that in AEW. And this was just an example of what they can do moving forward. Yeah, I think like the addition of Thunder Rosa to AEW, and it seems to be obviously she's sticking around because she's defending a title against Eva Lee, which ooh, I'm excited for. <laughs> uh, it, it does like it's given a huge shot of adrenaline to AEW's women's division. 
uh, simply just like having two champions doesn't immediately make your roster seem to have a lot more depth. Uh, yeah, I think it's an exciting time. Uh, I, I I can't speak for Luke and Ollie, obviously. Uh, I know they are they have been critical of AEW's women's division in the past. Uh, AEW has deserved criticism for its women's division in the past, but uh, I I'm certainly just like after All Out um, and after kind of seeing like her work because I wasn't you know I there's only so much wrestling I can watch and I I will admit to not being familiar with Thunder. Rosa before uh, all out but yeah absolutely like had had there been had they not been in the you know the the horrible spot had they you know they did an amazing yeah. match for an amazing match for having no crowd reaction shall we say like it's they they did absolutely superlative work in a, a horrible spot which makes me feel like yeah not only do i want to see a rematch there i want to see Thunder Rosa versus everyone else in the division so right now it's like yeah having you can electrify a division by just having one more star in it. And Thunder Rosa has provided so much depth uh, already to AEW. And as long as they just manage to keep that focus uh, and be just like, oh, look at these matches that we can hype in advance. Look, we've got this NWA championship we can play with. We can create new hype matches. We can create double, literally double the the, the hype matches to build these stars. You know, obviously Britt Baker and and, and Big Swole having a, a really fun match as well. Like, I think hopefully we are maybe looking at the turning point here. And yeah, absolutely. Let's get excited. Um, criticism where it's due, but also uh, hype where it's due as well the uh, second part of the question goes for luke's replacement that's me uh when the heck is adam blompier gonna make a how i would book episode for the nightmare collective uh that's the video we want and need and we'd be the best how i would book video ever you know it i know it everyone knows it we need to see adam really challenge himself he can rebook jinder mahal's championship title race successfully he can do the same for the nightmare collective i mean now let, look, let's be honest, uh, it, it, it may not get the most views out of every booking video I could possibly do. Um, who, who's to say? Maybe. Um, AEW booking videos might come one day. Uh, at the moment, we are trying to build, obviously, Parts of Unknown. Go and subscribe to Parts of Unknown if you hadn't. Um, but we are trying to, obviously, build that uh, you know, that channel to be as big as possible. I will say the next booking video is uh, is a big boy. It's a big old booking video. Um, no, no more hints other than that, except that it's something. Let's just say that it's something that WWE will one day definitely have to deal with. Uh, it's a future angle. It's possibly the last big future angle that WWE have under their current administration. And it's something that they will one day have to reckon with. And I'm throwing my hat into the ring. So, yeah, that's going to be coming out hopefully in a week or two weeks. I'm excited. Yeah. I like how you built it up right now. Like, my mind's racing. Like, oh, what's he talking about here? <laughs> I, uh, I'm nothing if not, a, if not a hype monkey. That's all I am. Um, Callum says, uh, hey, Luke and Denise, uh, since Cody is out because of Brody Lee and Cody is seemingly teasing a heel turn, how would you book it? For me, I would do it as he comes back and joins FTR with Matt Cordona. Matt Cardona forming the new four horsemen. Hopefully Luke is on this podcast because wrestle Luke for life and team Danuke for life. Um, no, I'm afraid it's team uh, Din Adam. Din Adam. Um, but uh, yeah, so a, a lot of... I got the... it. Team Dam. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the... Um, 
I my mind's completely gone. You've completely destroyed okay, my train okay. of thought. Sorry. No, you know what? <laughs> Reread the question because I was confused with the question. All right. So, uh, hey, Luke and Denise. Since Cody's out because of Brody Lee and Cody seemingly teasing a heel turn, how would you book the Cody Rhodes heel turn? Do you want to see Four Horsemen Cody or do you want to see uh, something else? Do you want him to stay face? Uh, do you want him to join FTR with Matt Cardona forming the new Horseman? Uh, I mean, like, that is obviously something they are teasing loads, which means that they're almost definitely not going to do it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, FTR have been doing that all our uh, social media um cody and them have had like a very flirtatious relationship sean spears has sort of been getting in on it um i mean what do you think what like i i think like it feels like a four horsemen in AEW may be inevitable uh just because of the sort of wcw lineage of that company uh is it something you want to see is it something you want cody to be a part of you know i like I'm not that big on stables to be honest like that's just I've never been like super crazy about it and I feel like everything now it's like oh stable 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 and I think obviously that's what everybody wants and that's what everybody's been talking about that's what everybody's been saying so I do see it going in that direction uh but in terms of Cody I mean he's Cody he can come in and do anything that he wants I I think that he see i think that he can still do like just like you know him by himself and be his own thing but i do see it going that direction though and like you mentioned they've been teasing it it feels like it so maybe but i just kind of feel like whatever they do i'm cool with it yeah i've got to be honest like i i would like to see cody and ftr and maybe even dustin doing the four horsemen thing because those guys are all of that style they're all of that throwback uh kind of like they work southern style emotive highly technical psychologically taught wrestling matches uh you know I, I, yeah sean spears i think fits into that bracket as well if, if that if you wanted to kind of throw them in there but it's just like i it, it feels like almost like too inevitable for them to actually do it, but they are all cut, I think, of the same cloth. They all have that kind of very noticeable affection for that style of Southern wrestling. Uh, that, and I, like, yeah, like it, it would be a cohesive stable. They would have a real psychology behind them that, like, you know what they want. They want to re, uh, to, you know, they want a revival of that right. style. So, like, yeah, I, I I get it. It's it's not just throwing a bunch of dudes together. Like this is a this is one of the reasons why I think fans are clamoring for it is it makes sense. And I think uh, if if you know if you can get fans to feel a certain way, and if like the, the fans have a keen like in their heart understanding of the psychology of that stable, I say go for it because you can tell some really involving stories that way. Uh, so I'm I'm completely for it, but I, I kind of wish they hadn't teased it to the point where it almost feels like they can't do it now. Right, right. Yeah. And you just know the promo work's going to be fantastic, especially oh like Dustin. I mean, he's just been like, you know, topping himself. Absolutely. So Frank Vitello says, hello, all authority members. No all authority here. Thank you. Uh, quick question. Who uh, do you do? Oh my God, who do you hire to direct the movie about the year 2020? Like, probably could have had an interesting answer, but oh well, Ollie knows what the people want. But like in wrestlers, like someone that we hire that's in wrestling? Because I was thinking Bray Wyatt. If like if I'm thinking ah, a wrestler to direct a movie good. about 2020, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bray Wyatt. 
Yeah, I think so. Or yeah, for me, maybe like if not Roland Emmerich, just because this movie's been just a huge <laughs> destruction fest. Uh, or maybe Sam Raimi. Um, I no, I really want to see Bray Wyatt <laughs> directing. Just know the... it's going to be twisted. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I love that. Uh, Kevin Furiot, Furio, Furio. Who? I'm so sorry, Kevin. Says, "Hey guys, Kevin here. Let me begin by saying I hope I'm wrong with what I'm going to say." All right. Uh, caveat there. Keith Lee debuted on Raw with new music because of issues WWE had with KFO Money. We've seen a lot of wrestlers changing their theme songs recently, basically everyone in NXT. Do you think this is one of the reasons why we've had all those gimmick changes, splitting the Iconics, turning Candice and Johnny Heel, rebranding Bronson Reed as the Colossal? And should we see other theme songs being changed? Please don't get rid of Rude and Nakamura's theme songs. Have a nice weekend guys well, I, mean, hmm, I don't know if it's a reason necessarily behind gimmick changes i think right. the i think bronson reed's gimmick change is probably more down to there being a new creative team in charge of nxt and i think johnny gargano like you can't turn johnny gargano heel and still have him come out to rebel heart it's one of the most joyous it's basically the denise salcedo of songs it's impossible <laughs> stop not stop it <laughs> denise salcedo at hot topic <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah like i i obviously like yeah there are issues uh there are issues there but i think generally speaking like wwe uh own this music um they may have like other ways they want to present stars but like it's why why change something i don't i don't think wwe are to that level where they'll just change a someone's music out of spite that may be giving wwe too much credit but i don't feel like you know I, bronson reed like his new gimmick's fantastic um his new music is fantastic uh i actually really like candace and johnny's um heel music uh I, I i may be in the minority on that one and i don't think that's the reason why they split up the iconics i think a peyton royce singles run has been in the works for a little bit now but uh, what do you think denise well, I think it's definitely more work to try and change a, a character than just changing a song. So, like, I don't see it necessarily coinciding. Like, I get it. If you make a character change, obviously, hey, change the music. But I don't see it done in reverse. Like, hey, because of this and that, we're going to change the music. Therefore, we got to change the character. We got to break these people up. I don't necessarily see that all falling under the same umbrella there. Like, I just see, like, things done for different reasons. Yeah, I think it's basically uh, someone's looking at a lot of gimmick changes that have happened, like you say, for all different reasons, and and trying to unify them with one overriding cause, which I think is sort of the uh, the cart leading the horse there. Uh, Iraqli says, uh, do you think WWE will end the brand split to save Raw's ratings? Uh, as much as the brand split exists um, with their kind of new invitational thing they've got going on. So obviously um, it's p possible uh, with the current situation that we may be seeing a unification of the tag belts. Obviously, um, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions and the Raw Tag Team Champions are getting in each other's faces. Bloody hell, they need to unify those belts. To be honest, like, um, I hate the brand split, like, in general. Uh, I always have. Like, maybe not, like, back in 2002, when they literally had more people than they can handle. Like, you know, they just bought all of the WCW guys, you know, and that's when you could have had you know, one show headlined by The Rock, one show headlined by Steve Austin. We, that's not 
that's not where we're at these days. Uh, I hate the brand split. I hate what it does to the amount of championships that there are in WWE. Um, I I don't think it will save Raw's ratings. I don't think you're getting the ratings back until you get fans back. But will it be better generally for the product? I think so. I don't know what you think, Denise. I agree. So I, you know, right now, considering that things are slim when it comes to the roster and I'm, you know, this is one of the things that we're talking about on the post raw show is that we have been seeing so many of the same matches over and over and over, maybe changed up just a little bit, but overall it's the same thing. And so right now, given the circumstances and everything, I don't, think it's going to happen but I do think that it would I honestly think that it would do because I know Smackdown is definitely going up but I think it would do raw favors to not have this brand split anymore and to you know have talent back and forth especially because Roman Reigns on Smackdown was such a big boost for them and there really isn't anything like that right now going for raw and it doesn't look good raw has always been you know Maybe before the Fox move, Raw has always been seen as the A show. So it, it kind of seems weird that that show is like teeter-tottering right now. And obviously, you know, now that SmackDown, ever since SmackDown went to Fox, you, people see it differently. Uh, but I think we've all still always seen Raw as the A show. And for it to sort of be, you know, not – for it to – Last week's show was not good. Like, I'm just going to no. say, like, this last Monday Night Raw was not good whatsoever. And that's not what we should be saying with the show that's considered the A show. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's, I just think you don't have, like, three hours especially, like, your roster is not operating at, at its max capacity uh, right now. There are just, like, if you've got to fill that time, like, you have... You have two two rosters, and there should be like like you could have the most stacked single roster, like like still like even with even with like all the departures, even with everything that's happened, even with some people having to sit out because of COVID, you still like if you combine those rosters together, you would have the most one like possibly the most stacked roster uh, on the planet, maybe just outside of New Japan in terms of like singles matches you could make, uh, and it's just like I don't see the reason like like hell you turned roman heel so like yeah covid is making you do things you never yeah. wanted to do let's just end this brand split foolishness and just try to rebuild some semblance of like kind of like just try and wwe is such a company with potential and, and it feels like we you know for decades you know we've gone around and round of like when will wwe reach its potential that it once had and and like i there is a lot of things standing in the way of that. And I generally think like the brand split right now is hampering WWE's potential for sure. Yeah, that's one of the things. And I mean, obviously the booking, the creative, that's obviously like the main thing. And I honestly don't think we're going to see that resurgence in wrestling, especially with WWE right now, specifically speaking, until they develop that new generation of fans, those younger fans that you just got to keep getting those new fans, those young fans to watch the product so that they can grow up wrestling fans. Because right now, I mean, I have a lot of siblings. I have a lot of teenagers, you know, 
in my family. And I can tell you that wrestling is not on their radar. Mm. And to me, that's terrifying because I know when things get trendy in school, that's when people start, you know, attaching themselves to become a fan of something. And that's one of the things that I think will necessarily help drive those viewers. But I mean, yeah, the brand split, it's not working right now. No, sir. Uh, Mr. Ollie Davis, number one fan, best jobber in the world. Jordan says, you got mailbag. Hello, you beautiful people. You do live streams for your respective channels. Do you have any advice on setup and equipment? Have a nice day and jam that jam. I mean, you probably don't want to do what I do. I, I think I am reliably, I think I've got reliably the worst audio out of wrestling talk <laughs> now because uh, I just have a single uh, sure directional mic propped up facing me and it's got a little bit of kind of fuzzy quality i need a proper kind of directional uh mic uh denise your audio is so much nicer than mine so why don't you feel this one so i use the audio technica mic and it was literally like 60 dollars, so it's very cheap uh on amazon i actually have an amazon storefront so if you go on my amazon link which it's somewhere on my twitter bio you can go on there and it'll tell you exactly what i use for my equipment uh, so yeah i use this mic and i love it because i think the, the sound is crystal clear except for when i have the fan on sometimes it doesn't you know it doesn't come out that great but yeah audio technica Fantastic. And uh, setup wise, just like lights, get lights. Uh, because, oh, yeah. Like, uh, there are two two fundamental components, which is uh, visual and sound. And if either of those uh, kind of makes your audience just go, uh, then that is like a bad thing. Like you have the best content in the world, but you're going to, you can repel a lot of people in, in, in very simple and very avoidable ways. Uh, so if you can't position yourself with natural light, which is what I have, I have a lovely window uh, in front of me, uh, seeing uh, a lovely park. There's a park. Hello, park. You're uh, so lucky. That's your view. I'm terribly jealous. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize how, how 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 privileged I was. Your uh, life is just far higher quality than mine's right now. My life is just like so low quality right now. <laughs> at least you got your bloody eyebrows, Denise. Jesus, count your blessings, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, cool. All right. So uh, Jonathan, the headmaster head, says, hey, guys, I hope you're doing fantastically, amazingly awesome. I missed the AEW live review, but I had an idea. It seemed like every ex-WWE guy showing up in AEW or Impact. Well, interesting. It's talking about this. Feels like the uh, feels like they do the I hated it there and I'm glad I'm not there anymore gimmick. Uh, what I'd like to see is someone who laments the fact they aren't there anymore. Imagine if Chris Hero shows up and openly says, well, I appreciate you guys welcoming me here with open arms and locking me into a sweet long-term deal. Know this, when New York comes calling me back, I am so out of here. Then as the weeks progress, uh, as the weeks progress, week after week, he just says this place is rubbish and that other place is the only place to be. Basically, be the anti-AEW or wherever thought i love that um that is what rvd did in um ecw he uh kept trying to get signed by wwe and uh, wcw and kept being like literally as soon as they make the call i'm out of here and it the heat he got yes. especially when you're talking about aew or impact places where like their fans because they are not as as big as WWE, their fans are so much more protective of those brands, so much more rabid. To have someone say, I'm spinning my wheels here until I get back to WWE, oof, I absolutely love that. What a great idea. 
I would love that. And it would be so brand new, so refreshing because it, I honestly, it does get tiring. The, the, hey, I'm gone, I'm free, I hate that place, blah, blah, blah. It, it gets tiring. And if everybody's doing at some point, it's just not unique anymore. So I think doing something like that, I think it, and you would get that kind of heat that like MJF has right now. Like he just says things that like piss you off or whatever. And um, that would be really fun. I like that. Yeah, I love the idea of someone just coming in and just slamming AEW from the inside. Because again, that kind of, yeah, it, it's a, that is a completely new voice that would then, you know, help uh, AEW to say, well, we're not WWE. We don't mind people criticizing the company from the inside. You know, like we have like that kind of awareness of ourselves, or, yeah, the ability to kind of do ourselves down. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it would be incredible here especially god if there were fans there you know just imagine so yes so like imagine yeah miro comes out and just be just like look at look look at this place like i'm used to i'm used to pyro i'm used to blah blah, blah. i'm used to so much more i you know like where's my I'm, makeup artist i'm taking yes. a huge pay cut you know my wife is making way more money than i am over the other place like um but i'm <laughs> my here wife's to... working two jobs <laughs> I would be, you know, I'm making more money on Twitch than I am at this place. Like, I think that would be hilarious. Like, I'm, I'm here to kind of do a, you know, a favor for, you know, AEW. I'm gonna give them, you know, some brand recognition. But I'm gonna make sure that as soon as I, as soon as WWE come crawling back, I'm out the door. Love it. That would be so, so much better. Book uh, it. Book it. Right. Uh, final question. Luke Everett says, hi, Luke and Denise. The recent shock release of AOP got me thinking about all the great talent WWE has let slip through its fingers over the years. My question is this, choosing one male, one female, one tag team, not with the company anymore. Uh, who do you think were the biggest wastes of potential? For me, it would be EC3, as they, were some, as they somehow ruined him twice. Gail Kim for her impact in Impact, and Gallows and Anderson for not capitalizing on their success in New Japan. Uh, what do you think, Denise? All right, I'm thinking, who are some people that have been dropped, the, the ball has been dropped on? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the most recent one. I think Miro would definitely be one of them. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like it's all the recent ones. AOP, obviously. And then Woman. I'm trying to think. For me, Who it goes back to Awesome Kong. They've oh, never yeah. they've never let such a, a potentially huge women star, I think, slip through their fingers as as much as as Awesome Kong. Like I understand, like it was a it was a really horrible situation at the, at that time. Uh, it was it was a very dark time emotionally for Awesome Kong. Um, but like I think she could have been huge. Like her her Royal Rumble moment is generally like a top Royal Rumble memory for me. Um, just seeing that reaction to her, like she could have done so much uh, in WWE. Uh, you know, like generally speaking, I think WWE has the best women's division outside of Japan on the planet right now. It, it doesn't feel like they've actually lost too many people. You know, it feels like in the last maybe 10 years, they haven't actually lost people who could be like generation defining stars. But I do feel that way about Awesome Kong. And the thing too is that if you, the question was people that necessarily didn't get the right built, I feel like that list could be like forever going long. Mm. But in terms of people that actually let go, I do think it's a little bit shorter for me. Yeah, I, I agree with definitely with AOP, just like 
knowing what they knowing what they could do and just the fact that yeah there's no one quite with that silhouette i think that they are they're fascinating characters i think they could have held like the tag championships oh, forever would you count juice no way because juice robinson i remember he was he was down in the performance center mm. and then he left but i don't know if he left i don't remember if he left on his own accord or what happened there but he's one of those guys where it's like ooh, like he was there and he ended up like you know leaving and like just becoming this major star someplace else um i don't know if that would count though necessarily for this I question so. i mean like because yeah cj parker was never prominently like he was essentially he very quickly became enhancement talent to the stars like my only my biggest memory of cj parker uh i think that was his name was losing to kevin owens like that that's i you know he he was there as part of kevin owens's first match in nxt that's okay. what i remember uh, you know you have more memories than i do of him so there <laughs> yeah. but no juice robinson's been fantastic in new japan um I, like I, I really feel like they never properly used hideo itami and again like injury injury after injury uh but like even so, they, there was still stuff you could definitely have done with him. Um, so I'm going to say, for me, I'm, I, I, I do agree with Miro. Like, Rusev Day was just just remembering how over Rusev Day was. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. genuinely, like, being, you know, the, the, he got the most chance out of everybody. So I'm going to say Miro. I'm going to say AOP. And I'm going to say Awesome Kong for my three. Good picks. All right, that is us. We, I, every time I do the magazine show, it massively overruns. Don't know what that says about me. I, I love to hear myself talk, evidently, but it has been a huge amount of fun doing it with you, Denise. Our first podcast together. I know. Mark it down. Write it on your calendar. I'll we'll celebrate it in a year. <laughs> <laughs> in the books. All right. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, please, everyone, uh, go and follow. Uh, is it underscore Denise Salcedo? Yeah, at underscore Twitter? Denise Salcedo, yeah. And, of course, please make sure you are a subscriber to Instant Culture with Denise Salcedo. Absolutely fantastic work you're doing over there uh do give us a, a, a subscribe to wrestle talk i'd be surprised if you weren't watching this but if you just in case you're not uh please do give us a subscribe just if anything for my eyebrows give me a subscribe for those um <laughs> we will uh, see you tomorrow for the smackdown uh podcast uh, and then we'll be back uh, next week uh, where I believe Mr. Wrestle Talk, our newly signed Mr. Wrestle Talk, will be taking over podcasting duties. He's such a great, he's such a great guy. All right, uh, we're out of here. That was wrestling. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.